Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Last Stop Autofile Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery. And this week's show, guys, is brought to us by Beaver Creek Game Calls. Whether you're looking for duck, goose, deer, or turkey, Beaver Creek Custom Game Calls has you covered. You can visit them on the web at www.beavercreekgamecalls.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Anchor.fm, guys. The easiest way to make a podcast. You hear us talk about it every week. If you're in the market to start your own podcast, check them out. Anchor.fm, guys. Well, guys, welcome to this week's show. Hope everybody's doing great. Uh, A lot has been going on in the outdoors, guys. We opened up uh, teal season here in Louisiana this week. And as always, by popular demand, guys, we have a guest that I'd like to welcome to the show with us this week. Um, very, very, very good feedback on you, buddy. We've been getting uh, on the shows the last couple. So I said, hey, let's go ahead. Let's make you a regular, man, as long as you're on board. But everybody, I'd like to welcome our good friend, Mr. Robert Rogers from Monroe, Louisiana, on this week's episode with us. How's it going, Robert? It's going good. Glad to be back. Good, man. Good to hear from you, buddy. How y'all doing up there in North Louisiana? Man, we're good. Uh, everybody's got power finally, and uh, cleanup's still underway. Looks like we got five more barreling down at us. Well, I tell you what, it's something, man. You look out there in the in the in the ocean right now. I think they had five or six storms, and uh. As of this afternoon, man, we dodged a bullet, it looks like, here in, in South Louisiana along the Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. We got Sammy, man. Sammy came in. Looked like it was going to hit New Orleans. Uh, we just opened up teal season uh, here in the state. And, you know, next thing you know, we have another hurricane coming across into the Gulf of Mexico. And, uh, you know, the first forecast was projecting this thing to hit the mouth of the Mississippi River and kind of, kind of hit our eastern part of the state here, uh, which is not something that we needed at all, man. Yeah, no joke. Not at all. Well, what's going on, man? I, I know I know you made some hunts this week. How, you did a little bit of teal hunting for opening weekend? I teal hunted Saturday morning, and it wasn't much to talk about. We killed a bunch of mosquitoes, and <laughs> uh, – Killed a snake, and we had to shoot an alligator chasing a dog. Well, that sounds like you're right on par with teal season in South Louisiana. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a Louisiana limit during teal season, man. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, tell us, tell everybody, listen, where'd you, where, where were you hunting at, man? Were y'all hunting public land? Were y'all hunting? a private lease or where'd you go? Uh, we were basically we were on private ground, but hunting a public bayou. Um, I have a part of my lease runs up against the, um, uh, it's called the Bonnety and it's, it's the Bonnety Bayou and then the Bonnety. I, I don't know if it's, it's a, considered a river or a bayou um and we went and scouted it about two weeks ago and jumped about 
I don't know, 25 teal out of there. And I guess weather conditions and everything else that came through, it was before the hurricane, right before the hurricane, we jumped them out of there. And I guess the hurricane pushed them out. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to very many people that did very good at all. Yeah, I have to say, man, you know, opening day, especially that Saturday, um, the reports weren't real great, man, from what I saw either. I have to admit, um, I, I had a good, I had a group of guys that I know real well. Um, they went down to Venice and they, they hunt Venice pretty regular. Um, every year I know during big duck season, they'll go during seal season, make a few trips. <clears throat> and if, you guys are on social media. Check them out. Uh, Ian Madare, Blake Betts, those guys. They uh they from here around Ascension Parish where I where I live now, and they went up, man, or went down to Venice, I should say, and they absolutely hammered them, Robert. They uh they had a group of ten guys, man, and I think in two days they had 130 teal that they killed down in Venice. So they put up they put a smackdown on them down there. Yeah, I only know of. Uh... I only know of two places up here. Now, I hadn't talked to very many people. I'm just going off what I see on social media. Um, I got a buddy of mine that's got a – he's got a rice field that butts up to the Washtenaw River, and he they, they beat down on him pretty good two days in a row. And then another friend of mine – uh, south of Monroe on what they call uh, Mallard Farms, um, Highway 15, Richland Plantation. They beat them up. They run a they run a guide service called Mallard Crossing Guide Service. Okay. And uh, okay. they beat them up pretty hard, but they were hunting a reservoir. I mean, it's had water for, I don't know, all summer. So, yeah, they, so that's normally the water. Oh yeah, that's normally teal season. That's normally where they they hit them pretty hard. Is this big, probably a thirty or forty acre reservoir, and uh, they they beat them up there every year. Uh, now I know a buddy, another friend of mine, hunted not half a mile from it, and they killed five. Yeah, yeah. So Man, I mean, honestly, I'm with you. I. I didn't hear of many big numbers, especially especially public land from uh, the reports out of the WMAs from the people I spoke to, and I have some contacts that I talked to across the state. Besides Venice, you know, down in you know that area, like I mentioned already, uh, man, it was slim pickings. Uh, you know, our our situation personally, I didn't even go this past weekend, man, because. Me and Jackson and Troy went out to uh, to our area to scout it out um, a couple of days before the seasons opened up. And you know that we have a camp, of course, down at uh, Whiskey Base. So we hunt Sherburn uh, during the season pretty, you know, quite a bit. And, and some of the areas around, this, you know, Indian Bayou, Chaffalaya Basin, all those areas, man. And usually for teal season, we make a couple of teal hunts. We'll go to South Forum complex and make a couple of hunts because usually you know if you have a little bit of water you're holding birds and yeah, South Park normally the, normally holds them yeah it does it does during till season you know if you got water you usually have some birds we went in there um i think it was uh the 17th of last month kind of went early wanted to see if maybe we had some till down and those of you who follow us on our on our uh social media pages 
uh, we posted a couple of short videos on there of some uh, of some what we saw. We saw a couple of good flocks. I, one trip I took, we saw about a hundred birds, maybe 120, 25 birds. You know, teal sitting on South Farm, and they had a little bit of water enough to hold you know a group of hunters. But man, we went back like I said a couple of days before the opener. And that water, even after Hurricane Laura, I, I thought with the hurricane it might have dropped some additional rainfall in the complex, man. And it was bone dry. And when I talk about pretty much bone dry, where I saw teal sitting a few weeks earlier, uh, it was mud flats and dry ground. So the water completely dropped out uh, of South Farm. And, I, you know, I looked at Jackson. I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, Dad, it ain't much we can do. He said, we there ain't a whole lot of water, so there's no way we're going to be able to fight, you know, other guys on this on public land for the little tiny bits of puddles that they had. And yeah. and honestly, man, we just decided, hey, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good a good weekend to go for us because that's all we had really scouted. So that that was our situation, you know. Uh, I've never I've never really been a big teal season guy. I'd I'd much rather dove hunt, honestly. Um. Yeah. You know, it's right during the right during the middle of dove season. Down, I mean, around here, dove season's big deal. Um, and I mean, I I never I've been on some good teal hunts, but it's so hot, and you know, it's a around here, it's a thirty minute shoot, and they're gone. Yeah, and, and honestly, so, I think that's the case a lot of times. You know, usually within the first, from my experience over the years for teal season. If they're not there at daybreak, you don't see a couple of flocks flying, you, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, but but look, hey, like I said, everywhere I talk to public land-wise, I mean, and those of you guys listening out there, you may have hunted public land and did real well. Uh, man, you know, we don't want specific spots, but, hell, send us some pictures. Post, send them to us on our Facebook page, and we'd love to post a couple of snapshots of it. Uh, I know we got a lot of pictures that came in lately uh, from some guys from previous seasons, and we really appreciate that. You could, I posted a couple of them today up on our Facebook page uh, that we got sent in to us. And, and man, we love it when y'all do that. So we, we appreciate it. Copy us, uh, share them with us when you're out there in the outdoors, because we'd love to be able to post them and share them with everybody else. And, and guys, like I mentioned, we're not trying to get specific spots. You don't have to get technical. That's not what we're saying. But, but, hey, you get some beautiful pictures out there from across the state and you, you're proud of that strap of ducks or, or whatever it is, your deer you kill, send them in, man. We'd love to post them up there. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, a lot going on with, with Hurricane Laura. There's still a lot of recovery effort going on from that right now, Robert. I, you know, uh, you know the western part of the state, Lake Charles, all those areas, I know they had some, some, some good reports coming out of the rice fields. Uh, you know, gate on all those areas like that. They, 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 I did see some good reports, man, coming out of those areas, you know. So I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by that with, with the hurricane that just came through a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I'm kind of interested to see what this cool front, little cool snap we're supposed to have next week, um, does for us. Uh, we might get some birds midweek if, uh, if that cool snap drops in Arkansas, you know, we'll get some birds within within 24 to 48 hours. So I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, we're supposed to have nights in the in the low, low 60s, maybe upper 50s over 
you know, the middle of next week. So, yeah, that'd be uh, real nice to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that can make all the difference in the world, man. You know, that's that's another thing with Teal. They, you know, blue, especially blue wing Teal, they there one one minute and they go on the next. It doesn't take very much to get them up and moving. You know, you could have birds and then the next day you go and those birds are moving out. You know, I talk, I talked to my buddy, uh, Charlie Perlou. He, he lives right there in Hammond. Louisiana and Charlie had been scouting over the last couple of weeks before it opened, and they were hunting uh, 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 the marsh down, you know, more towards Biloxi Marsh, that area. And he had been seeing quite a bit of groups of teal scouting. And uh, opening day, I, I I was I stuck at work Saturday, so I wouldn't I couldn't hunt Saturday anyway. And uh, I texted him. I said, "Hey, I said, uh, y'all have a lemon yet?" And he told me, he said, "Man, he said we're about to put the boat on the trailer." He said, "We ain't took the gun off safety yet." And uh, I seen him today, and he was, he was like, man, I, I, the same old song and dance. You always say it. It's kind of like when you bass fish tournaments. Boy, they were biting. Whenever uh, I was in practice, but come tournament day, they just wasn't there, you know. And and he experienced that same situation. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, – I mean, we had – I talked to a couple folks a week and a half before the season. So, man, they were loaded. Two weeks before yeah. the season. Man, they're, they're birds everywhere. And yeah. – you know, we had some really hot nights um, in between opening day and that, and that, I think they just left. Yeah, yeah, I think they, I think they, they moving around quite a bit right now. I mean, you look at it; you had a hurricane on the western side. You have a hurricane disturbance in the Gulf coming up the eastern side. Plus, you know, you have your normal conditions that you got to deal with 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 the weather. You know, hoping you get a little cool front. Uh, there's just a lot going on, man. But hey, you were talking about a cool front coming up. Uh, from what I saw this week itself, you know, looking at the weekend uh, here in South Louisiana, I'm in Gonzales, and uh, you know, we're showing some temperatures like you said in the low 60s, possibly uh, mid 60s yeah. up to about 68. You know, so if we could get oh, that yeah. little fluctuation, that can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and what what y'all gonna get is whatever's going on, and you know the Delta Mississippi Delta is gonna either go, they're gonna go west. So I mean they're gonna come to y'all. Whatever's hanging out in Mississippi Delta is gonna go west. Yeah, we hope so, man. That, I mean, that's what we're kind of hoping for. My my game plan is I got the I wasn't expecting to have to use my boat. Uh, for till season, I usually, I, you know, I have my fluids changed and all that stuff ready to go, but I hadn't really cleaned out the boat, man. And after we saw what, what went down at South Farm with the water falling out of there, I told Jackson, I said, look, if we're going to make a till hunt, I said, uh, you know, we need to get that boat cleaned out. And me and him worked our butts off last week. We cleaned it out and got it ready to go. I, I ran the boat a couple of times. So, we're going to try to head out, I think, to the marsh this weekend and make make a teal hunt as long as Mother Nature holds up. And uh, he, he yeah. wants to try to make a hunt, so we're going to try to make one this weekend. I hear you. Uh, well, I think that's probably the best place to go. I, I don't know if uh, I saw where Golden Meadow and, and all that area was getting some, some storm surge. So, Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a good point because, you know, coming across today when I was cutting across from Hammond, Back to Gonzales, uh, I crossed over Manchac and all that area. And man, the water's so high right now. They actually had the uh, the boat the boat ramps over at uh, you know uh, not or uh, Manchac itself, 
the public launch there and Rudock, those launches were closed off. They had water literally in the parking lot across the road. I mean, it, it was high. But I'm thinking, yeah. you know, hopefully in the next couple of days, that water is going to drop and the bottom is going to fall out of it. It's going to hopefully by the weekend we might be okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't know about you, but I mean, I don't know where you would have to put in, but somewhere like Long Lake or Black uh, Black Bayou might do you something. Yep. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. Well, man, hey, something I wanted to ask you. I seen uh, I seen Simmons Sporting Goods had their big uh, big sale, man, this past weekend. You didn't know? Uh, yeah, they do a big book- deal for tax free. Yeah, for the tax free weekend, they had Michael Waddell from Bone Collective down there. He was uh he was hanging out and signing autographs, doing some promotional stuff. You didn't happen to make a trip out there, huh? No, man. I was last three weekends. Well, last two weekends for sure. Three weeks ago, we were working on cleaning up the city, but the last two weekends, we've been we've been working really hard on our deer lease, getting getting bow stands hung and getting cameras out and getting food on the ground and. You know, we've been we've been really working hard this year. The lease that we have is um, it's just east of Monroe and and a little sleeper city called Oak Ridge. There's some big bucks that hang out there. And uh, we got some private ground that we got last year in late October. And wasn't able to get in there and do what we really wanted. So we've been we've been really focusing hard on that. Yeah, it's that time, man. All you deer hunters out there, it's uh, it's getting close. I know, I know you you guys are itching to get out there in the woods and, and you know go stick a deer. That's for sure, man. Uh, I man, Robert, I even purchased a deer license for the first time in several years. Uh, the other <laughs> day, I went, and yeah, <laughs> ever since uh, me and you hunted together, yeah. I I, I kind of hung up the whole deer thing for the most part, but uh, I. I went and I got my duck stamps before till season started, and I said, "You know what? Last year, man, we were we were making a duck hunt in the uh, in the wildlife management area by the camp, and uh, we had five or six deer run up on me, Jackson, and uh, and Jared, and I, I could have shot them, man. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, I ain't got a stamp. I mean, I ain't got a deer license, nothing, and." Uh, yeah. and <laughs> And Jared, Jared was the only one with a deer license on him, a big game license. So uh, I said, this year, I ain't going to let that happen again. So the other day, man, I just went ahead. I bit the bullet. I purchased the boat, the uh, the archery license and everything. I didn't realize, uh, you know, now granted, guys, I'm not a deer hunter by any means. But I did not realize in Louisiana that you have to purchase a big game license. And if you bow hunt, you have to purchase a separate license. I thought that was the. Biggest crock of shit I see, I had come across this week. Yep, you got especially. Well, I think it is if you're gonna hunt on WMAs and, and and public ground, you have to have the bow license. If you're hunting on private ground, you just gotta have a big game license. Okay, I didn't know that, so that's good to know. So those of you who are getting into it, if you're not familiar with that, double check that just to fact check that just to make sure that's not fake news. Robert's giving you. But uh, yeah, well, when I did when I was working when I was working at Cabela's, I did all the the hunter safety stuff. You remember? Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. And so, I got I got my bow hunter safety card and my hunter safety stuff all together, and I, it's a lifetime deal. So, 
with working through Cabela's and the wildlife and fisheries, you know, I, I got everything covered on that. Well, that's good. Yeah, that training paid off, it sounds like, then, huh? Yeah, yeah, except for uh, <laughs> falling over a tree. Yeah, well, yeah, that's one. You might have you might have missed that class. I, I think I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but, man, yeah, I, I, was, I was shocked, I have to say. You know, see, I said, damn, I – I'm a I'm the older generation, man. I didn't get that lifetime license like my boys got. My boys were blessed. They uh Jackson and Hudson, their grandfather and grandmother bought them each a lifetime hunting license and fishing license. And uh man, I have to tell you, if you're a father and with small children out there, guys, it is worth it for that. That's 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 a hell of a deal because I think if you purchase that license before I think they turn five, if I'm not mistaken, I wanna say it's like two hundred and fifty bucks. And uh, yeah. hell, just on the licenses I bought this week was was ninety bucks, you know. So it paid for itself in just a couple of years. If you buy it before they're four or five, if you buy it before they're two, it's cheaper. And if okay, you buy it, it might before be they're, that's what I was thinking. well, there's two. There's two different ones. If you buy it before they're two, it's cheaper than if you buy it before they're four or five. And then once they're over that, it's five hundred bucks. Okay, so for me to get one now, it'd be five hundred bucks as a as a grown man. Five hundred bucks, but I yeah, mean, see, all you got to do is pay for stamp every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that is worth it, though. I mean, you know, you're spending a hundred dollars a year. Well, hell, within five years, it's paid for itself. Oh, every bit of it. And I I spend more than that because I go to Arkansas. That's true. You got out of state licenses at that point. Yeah, I I spend I spend a little over. Three or four hundred bucks a year just in licenses. Yeah, yeah, it, it could it could add up quick, man. That's cheap compared to a bunch of my buddies that they bow hunt in Kansas and Missouri and all that. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty expensive. I know Dustin uh, Jumanville, who you know pretty well. Dustin's a good friend of ours, and he uh he goes all over now and hunts out of state. And he he told me he said, man, it's you got it, it it racks up pretty quick. It gets expensive, you know. Yeah. And then, or are you of the age group where you had to have the boaters, the boaters education, also boater safety course? Uh, I, I think I squeaked by by a year or two. Okay, yeah, because I know I don't know what the cutoff is. Again, I, I don't know what the cutoff. At one time, when they first introduced it, I was grandfathered in, but then they redid it, and I don't know if I am or not. I, I've never gotten mine. You don't know if you're legal or not, then. Yeah, I, I mean, I was born in '88, so I don't know what the cutoff is. I, at one time, it was '90 was the cutoff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd have to check that out then, because I'm yeah. not sure what it is, but I need to know for my boys. You know, I know they're gonna have to definitely have it. Uh, uh, you know, coming up through the years, and I Jackson's 11, so we're about to get him ready for the hunter safety course, get all that stuff knocked out. Yeah. Well, Robert, one thing that you and I, we, we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, topics for this week's show that we wanted to talk about and something that I know you're real passionate about. And, and you know, us as waterfowl hunters, we are all passionate about, uh, you know, the, the equipment that we carry on us throughout the season. And, you know, waterfowl hunters, I would say, are kind of unique in that aspect that, you know, we, we, we drop a lot of money. We talked about this in a previous episode with our shot shells that we buy. 
and the just the equipment in general that we buy throughout the season. But, uh, you know, one of the things that you and I talk a lot about, uh, you know, off radio uh, is every season we're talking about duck calls and new duck calls that are coming to the market that are out there or we might run across, you know, somebody who makes duck calls. And, uh, and you know, we, we say, hey, man, did you see this this company or did you hear about this guy? He makes these calls. I think they're pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, you should check them out. And me and you talked about that a lot. I know me and Troy talked about that quite a bit. That's how I got introduced to Mr. Dale Bordelon with Bayou Beef Calls many, uh, you know, I say many, several years ago, a couple of years ago, actually. That's how we kind of, uh, I got introduced to Mr. Dale was through word of mouth. And then nowadays with social media and the, the platforms that everybody has with social media, just like we have with this podcast, um, there's so much cool entertainment and media out there for us to watch and for us to listen to and uh, and have access to. Just, you know, for, for years growing up, you always heard, you know, you always had your major hunting shows and we grew up watching, you know, the old fishing shows. But, it, you know, nowadays with social media, with, you know, the, the, the platforms such as like what I use here with, that I'm blessed with anchor.fm to host our podcast episode or YouTube or, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. There's so many more people like us, the average everyday blue collar working guys that have a, a platform now to be able to go out and share our stories with other hunters. And, and that's what fascinates me about being an outdoorsman and the sport of being an outdoorsman. And, and that's what got me into, uh, you know, freelance riding for, you know, last stop waterfowl and coming up with the concept to share our stories and kind of, you know, journal our experiences every year for my kids when they got older. But, you know, when we talk about equipment, the duck call is something that's been around since waterfowl hunters have started. And, you know, Nowadays, if you are a consumer and you get, there's a lot of people being introduced to the sport of waterfowl hunting. So if you're one of uh, these new, you know, outdoorsmen that are being introduced to waterfowl hunting, maybe you've been a deer hunter, maybe you've been a fisherman, you never, but you went on a, a duck hunting trip with your buddies last year and you fell in love with it. And if you're looking to get into it, or even if you're an experienced waterfowl hunter, Robert, there's so many options on the market right now with duck calls. How do you even know where to begin? Man, it, I, you know, you're older than I am, but I came up with the days where they used to put combo packs together that had a CD or a, or a cassette tape to teach you how to blow a duck call. You know, um, yeah. HS, Strutt, HS Strutt used to have um, calls that came with CDs. Um Oh, Haydale's got them. Um, yeah, Buck, Buck Gardner, man. That's who I – Buck you know, Gardner's I, got them. Um, when I really started learning to call on my own, I literally learned how to call a duck call through listening to Buck Gardner CDs and those type of CDs you're talking about. I'd put it in my truck. truck. just drive around in your truck blowing a duck call. That's it, man. I remember getting some crazy looks. You pull up at a red light, you blowing the hell out of a duck call. <laughs> 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 and he <laughs> – 
you see that you see this good looking girl on the side of you, and at that time you're single, and she's looking at there's one or two options you got right there. That street goes one or two ways. Either That's she's right. redneck and country like you are, and she says, Hell yeah, or she's like, Look at this fucking jackass right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Man, there's there's so many different entry level calls now. Um, Echo makes a good poly call. Uh, double read. I would suggest anybody that's trying to learn how to blow a duck call, get a double read over a single read. It doesn't take near the back pressure. Um, it, it, they just so they don't take near the wind to blow them, and they they sound good. Um, let's see. Um, who is Echo's got a really good one. Um, you, you can't go wrong with the original DR85 from Haydale. You can't. That I mean, it's, 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 it's proven itself year after year for 40 years, if not longer. Um, um, Doug Commander Man, has hey, to – yeah, I gotta interrupt you right there, and I agree with you though. The Haydale's calls—it's uh, a great Louisiana-based company, been making calls for years. <laughs> but man, I got one question about Haydale's calls. All right, is it just me, or does every one of Haydale's calls smell like they tuned it out of their ass? <laughs> I tell you what, Duck Commander's the same way, and you know why that is. <laughs> And that's a, that's not. I'm not trying to. They put them together. They blow them. They put them together and they blow them. Not only that, it's probably the material that they're using too. So I, I, man, it's got to be the material because Haydale. I just as a kid, it's still stuck in my head. And look, phenomenal calls. Great company. Been making calls for years here, based out of uh, Bossier City, Louisiana. And uh, phenomenal guys. Uh, you know the Haydale family. Love them, love them to death, respect the hell out of them. I'm just making a joke, guys, when I say that. But as oh, a yeah. kid, I remember my dad handed me, what was the old green leg, I think it was called? Haydale's call? Red leg. Red leg. I'm sorry, red leg call. And I remember that was my first call that I started blowing them. I had no clue how to do it. And, but as a kid, I remember just thinking to myself, God damn, this thing stinks, you know? <laughs> well, it's probably been wrapped up in your daddy's jacket for – uh for uh, all winter in the closet. Well, and that's what I thought. But later on, I bought a couple of more. Man, they were all the same. And I, yeah. I told I told my buddy, I said, man, when they tune these things, I don't know if they're using their mouth on this. They might be using the, the lower end. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, you got you got so many different calls nowadays. And, and every so often we go through this fad, and, and it seems like this one's trying to stick a lot longer than normal. But you got J-frame calls like your your Haydales, your Echoes, um, your R&T Originals, your your Zinc calls, um, and then now you got you got what they they cut down. They're called a cut down call, and originally a cut down call is an original J-frame that has been modified. Okay, so for those those of us who are listening out there who may not know what a J-frame is, do explain that to our listeners, if you don't mind. A J-frame, it, it's really it's, – it's your normal duck call. It's um, your normal style, how they, they put it in a jig, 
and they cut down and you got there's three main parts to it you got your barrel your insert and you got your cork slot your cork slot is incorporated into your in slot into your insert and most of your your calls are between your exhaust on your um your insert is either a quarter inch or a half inch hole the bigger the hole the louder the sound okay and um you'll see you'll see your your canadian goose calls your spec calls your snow calls they have a three-eighths hole or a um uh, in between half and three-eighths because you know everybody you and I know just as well as everybody else, some geese are always high. Correct. You, know, you want something that just rings. You want it yeah, loud. You need to reach and out and touch them. That's right. So you make a bigger hole, and it's a louder sound. You got more air coming out. And so, but back to duck calls. Uh, a cut-down call is guys in Arkansas started it, I think. If it wasn't guys in Arkansas, there's a big controversy about that. You got guys in the Northeast that say we started it, Illinois, up in that area, Ohio River Valley. And then you got Arkansas guys that say, no, we started it. Cut down is like your old PSO. Before a brand new PSO out of the package is considered a J-frame call until you go to sanding on that tone bore and cutting the angle at the end of your tone bore on the end of your insert. You can change the angle and you can change, you can make it deeper in the way that the reed sits down into the cork slot. You put a bigger cork in it and there's more angle on your tone board, which makes your reed stick up a little more. And you can shave the end of it down or square it off. Like you got, have you ever heard of, Louisiana style cut down versus an Arkansas style cut down. Yeah, I've heard of guys talking about that. Louisiana style has more squeal to it. Arkansas has what they call a bark. You know, you hear somebody blowing an ult and it goes bang, 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 like up close, it don't sound worth a crap. You get 50 yards away in the woods. And you can't tell that it's any different than a mallard hen sitting on the water. It's real realistic, you're saying. It's very realistic. It's very raspy. And it's very loud. And you got guys, I mean, everybody has different techniques. You got guys that say when they're coming to you, be quiet. Soft calling. You got guys out there that say, when I start calling, I don't get off of it until they hit the water. I mean, yeah. I know people that blow as loud as they can, as hard as they can, until the duck hits the water. And, I mean, you, you think about it. You go out in the woods scouting, and you come up on you come up on a water mallard sitting in the woods, and you just sit there and listen to them. That hen that's calling – doesn't change her tone ever. You don't hear her go, meh, 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 meh. Or you don't hear her just, I mean, you don't ever hear her change her tone, period. She's the it's, same every time. 
she's the same every time and it's loud and is aggressive and a lot of people who listen to ducks that's how they call i mean their feed calls are hard and fast their their hail calls and i will say this you can't hail call with a cut down like you can a j-frame because the back pressure that's built into a cut down once you modify it it takes so much air a lot of people don't like them because they can't put enough air into them and yeah you know, I've, I've had friends of mine that try to blow them and I, there's guys that we hunted with through the years they they'll they'll get away from them because they they don't have no confidence they don't sound right with it you know yeah they, they just don't have the lung capacity um yeah. i blow them I have I have an RNT Mondo that I've had modified, and I'll tell you, um, you know the 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 RNT original call is a single read J frame call. Now you go on YouTube and watch um, the championship duck calls in Stuttgart. All those guys they have a section for um, cut downs, and they have a section for the J frame. And your cut down guys, they 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 bark at them. I, that's the only way I know how to describe it. It's a bark. It's a instead of a where they taper it and stair step it all the way down. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's two different sounds all together. It's two very different sounds. And in the woods, both of them sound great. Okay. Now, the competition style calling is not realistic. You, I'm, there ain't a guy I've hunted with that has been in a call competition that blows like they do in the competition because the competition stuff is all about lung capacity and holding notes so that the call doesn't pitch out. That, that, that I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not a field use calling, is what I would say. No, no, it's not real scenario calling. Yeah. And but the cut down stuff is. It, it's all about real scenario. And that's how they built that section of competition calling because they call it um you know live calling or, or or you know real scenario calling or something like that. I can't remember. Um but the difference in a J frame and a cut down is if you if you pulled your call apart and you look at the tone bore at the insert with the tone bore, it's flat across there. Okay, that's a J frame. It's flat, and you got a quarter inch hole that comes down the cork slot uh, down the the insert, which is the um, where the reed sits on, and then it opens up into a quarter inch up to a half inch hole and then you got some calls that have regular cork changes the 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 tone of the call a rubber cork that changes the tone of the call and then you have people like um like mr dale with the cane calls he doesn't have a cork slot at all he has a wedge and that's what holds his reeds down onto his tone board yeah, and that's a good point to make because, you know, another good example of that's the old Fox calls. If Falk, if you ever right. take, a, right. take a Fox call, for those of you who aren't familiar with Fox, they're a Louisiana-based company, and 
and they're based out of Lake Charles, Louisiana, been making calls. You know, when you used to go into a sporting goods store, and this was even before our time, uh, Robert, mine even, um, you know, at one time, Falks was one of the only calls you could buy in a retail store if you went into it. They've been making yeah, them. Well, the, Robert, go ahead. Back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, it was Falks and PSO. Yep, yep. That was, that was some of the originals that was out there that started it. That's right. But what and Robert was referring to is that wedge. That what you know, you break open. You even today, you purchase a call from Falks and you pull it apart, and it's got a wooden wedge in, in there. It's it's not a rubber insert that's inside that call. And see, I don't I don't like the wedges because if you don't know what you're doing and you pull it apart, you you can't get it back right. It never sounds because, the same. I've done that. But, hey, rule number one with, with that call is you don't pull it apart. That's right. That's right. And so I've gone to um, all acrylic calls because, number one, I like how more rigid they are. And you got you got so many different materials that they make calls out of. Mr. Dale makes them out of cane. Um, Echo makes acrylic, poly, and wood. And then when you jump into the wood, you got three different main woods that they use. They use Bodark wood, they use Coca-Cola wood, and they use uh, what's it, black um, black African wood. Yeah. And yeah. All three of those make a different sound because of the density in the wood. Yeah. All of them are three different types of wood, and that one is more denser than the other. The most common one is your Coca-Cola wood. Um, well, let me stop you there, Robert, for a second, because that's a good point. You know, and, and nowadays you look at the modern day waterfowl hunter and we got anywhere from three to, say, five, maybe even six calls on a lanyard sometimes. Yeah. You know, to where our grandfathers, I remember my grandfather back way back. I was little. And I, I that's when we were, you know, he had an old Winchester Model 12. He was hunting, hunting ducks with full choke and he had one call. And I remember him letting me kind of blow on that duck call. And and, and he always had one call. The old yep. the old school guys, it was their belief that you only needed one call, you know, for the most right. part. That was That's the situation. But now we've evolved yeah. through the years where, like you said, some days we're realizing, hey, those ducks are responding to a little bit lower, lower quack, you know, a little bit, a little bit quieter, a little bit softer. Other days they want they want you hollering at them. Hey, turn around, come here, come to our spring. Yeah. You know, like we talked about a hail call a while ago. So we've evolved as the waterfowl hunters through the years, where now we carry multiple tools with us. You know, so you'll have maybe a polycarbonate. Then a guy might have a wood. You know, like an old traditional fox or an old or whatever it may be. You know, or a cane call or something similar to that because it gives you that different variance in tone. You know. That's so, right. And and I was going to ask you, you kind of briefly mentioned all the different components now that they make it. You know, in your opinion, if you had to choose one call nowadays as far as not a brand, I'm talking about a material, what would you carry in with you if you were back in the old days carrying one call with you? What's the most versatile? If I had to, if I had to carry one call with me, I, by far, the acrylic. Acrylic. Yeah. 
and and I'm very partial and I'm kind of a call snob. And I yeah. went from I went I was that guy that had six different calls on his lanyard. And I've gotten away from that because I've found mm, excuse me. I have found the call for me. And the way the reason I say it for like that is because everybody's different. Everybody has different lung capacities and they have they do the different ways they blow their duck calls. I've found the call for me. And that call is a acrylic JJ Lair's hybrid. And what they did, and I'll tell you this, they have a wedge. Now I don't ever take it apart. But what they did, it's a single reed duck call. And they tapered the hole that's in the tone bore twice. So you have about an inch and about an inch of a quarter inch hole. And then it tapers to a bigger hole that's about, I don't know, three eighths. And then it, it goes all the way out past where the cork slot or the wedge is. And it opens up to a half inch hole, if not a little bit bigger, out of the out of the exhaust of your, of your insert. Okay. And I can I can make that call sound like a J frame. I can hail call on it, you know, where I can, or I can make it bark just as good as my RNT Mondo, which is supposed to be a cut down call which was modeled after Jim Ronquest's old PSO keyhole old. Okay. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was modeled after one of his original calls that he had and loved and has now retired. Um I can make it bark just as good and I'm really thinking about taking every other call off my lanyard except for that one and just carrying that call and my spec call. And that's it. Yeah, so you got um, a lot of confidence in that call and it's versatile for you. I do, but I have a lot you I have a lot of I have two R three RNTs that I love. I have a daisy cutter that came double read and I modified it to a single read because I like the control of a single read call. I have a Echo Coca-Cola call that is a that I have mod that's a single read, and I also have a RNT Mondo that I've done a little modifying on. And it, different situations call for different calls. Now, if I'm in thick timber, I'm probably not going to pick up that hybrid. Probably just going to blow my Mondo. But if I have a little bit of open water, like in a rice field or something, I'm a, I'm never gonna pick up that Mondo, hardly, unless they're close. If they're close, I can it it sounds really good right next to the water or down in a hole. It, it sounds really good. Now, I mean, they both sound really good. It's hard. I mean, it, whichever one comes to my hand first is the one I'm gonna blow. Yeah, and you kind of use those two in different applications from what you're saying. Yes, yes, I do. I do. Um, but if I had to pick one that's my favorite call and that was the only call I could blow for the rest of my life, it would be the J.J. Layers Hybrid. 
That uh, JJ, that JJ Lairs, that's a call that you could purchase where for those of us who are listening out, out to the show tonight. Um, Max Prairie Wings carries them, carries them. I'm not sure. I think Simmons carries them also. Um, but you can get online and get them from Max, no problem, all day okay. long. I think they're about they're expensive. I I, I think they're in the two hundred dollar range. Okay. Um, so that, that's more than seventy-five to two hundred. Yes, yeah. it's. I mean, it's a single read call, and you know, if you're if you're experienced and you've been blowing duck calls for a long time, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that call. Okay. So, and a lot of what we discussed so far has been what would you say? We could say store bought calls, stuff that that's manufactured where you could go into a store. Go online, purchase it from a retail store. So for well, those, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you say they're store bought calls. That's the thing about these calls. They're handmade calls. All of them are handmade, hand turned. The Mondos, the RNT Mondos, they go through a full. They go through a full process of. Once they're put together, before they get put on the sales rack, Jim Ronquest blows every single one of them. Yep. yep. Or somebody and, and at R&T. I want you to kind of hold on to that point because we're going to get okay, to that here in a second. Okay, but I'm sorry. I got it. No, that's okay. I got a quick question for you. For the beginner waterfowl hunter, because a lot of guys who follow us online, they're, they may be Jackson's age, 11, 12, 13, you know, they're teenagers, they're in high school, and they get into yep. the sport. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot here, and if you can't name it, no problem, but give one recommendation for an affordable store-bought call that you would recommend a young man starting out learning to try, and one brand or call that you would stay away from. Uh, the two that I would recommend for a beginner, there's two of them. Can't go wrong with a DR85. Haydale DR85. Can't go wrong with it. Okay. So that's a and recommendation call. That's right. I recommend that call because you can be soft or loud. It's a double read. Doesn't take air. It don't take hardly no air at all. And I would also recommend the Echo um, Poly call. It's a green call. And uh, we've all seen them. Um, or Echo also makes a diamond wood barrel with a poly insert. Both of them are double read calls. They both sound pretty much the same. Great, great, great starting to learn how to call call. Okay, good good job on that. Now give me one or two that you would stay away from brands out there. And and, and let's be real about it. All right. Duck Commander. And here's okay. why I say that. Here's why I say that. They're, they're good calls. Don't get me wrong. And they're easy to blow. But I don't like the fact that they rivet their reeds together. And I understand why they do it is because they're built for the beginner. If you take them apart, they're easier to put back together. Okay, so but, what's a riveted reed in your opinion? Why is that negative for the listener? Because you can't, once you start learning and you want to start tweaking here and there, you can't, you can't tweak it. it. It's made to do one thing. Like the echo call, if you wanted to 
because they they all come with either a rubber cork slot, a rubber cork, or a regular cork that hold the reed to the tone board. And those wear out. And once they wear out, you got to pull it apart and you got to change them, or a reed, or maybe a reed chips. If the reed chips in a duck commander call, you got to throw it away and go buy another one. I mean, they make reed kits. Don't get me wrong. But so yeah, does everybody but, else. They're but made I mean, to be thrown away and get another. That's right. They're, they're 35, 40 bucks. Throw it away, go get another one. Correct. Um, Echo. You can buy a full-on kit from Echo and R&T that has different size reeds, different size corks. Um, for all their calls, you, R&T has a kit you can buy for about 100 bucks that will fix any one of their calls in a duck blind. It comes okay. with scissors, every reed, every reed that goes in every call, corks, um, regular corks and rubber corks. And you can, I mean, for nothing, you can always fix your own calls. Well, that's once good information. Learn, that long. Once, once you learn what to do and all that, like I said, I took an acrylic duck call from R&T that sounded great. It was a double reed call. And I made it a single read call. So once I learned how to blow a double read call, I started learning how to blow a single read call. And I wanted to make some of mine single read because they're more controllable and you can get a lot louder with them. Okay. And, and you, fat, the, you, a lot, you hear a lot of people blowing a, a feed call and, you know, you hear some people that, you know, all they do is just, quack and then you hear some people that when they get after it it's you know exactly with a single read call the response time is so much faster yeah you don't have one you only have one read vibrating versus two that's right and then you see shorter calls, people say they're faster. Like Mondo makes a short, a Mondo short, a Mondo regular. People say they're faster. They're not faster. It just, the air's getting to the read quicker than the other call. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So we, we talked about store-bought. You gave some really good information on store-bought calls. I think you and me are in a lot of agreements on that stuff. Um, and you gave some great information for those of you young guys who are listening. He, he made some good recommendations there on a couple of calls to try out um, that you could go into pretty much any retail sporting goods store in your area and purchase. Um, or at least you could go to their website. He gave you, um, you know, the Haydales to try as a recommendation, thumbs up. And he mentioned the Duck Commander um, as a thumbs down if you're trying to learn to call because of the, um, you know, the reads being riveted together. So, Robert, switching gears to the other side of the whole duck call spectrum that me and you get fascinated with a lot of times is all the guys that are custom-making calls nowadays. And me and you had a conversation about this, which is what sparked our interest as far as making it a topic to discuss on this week's show. You got a lot of guys out there who are quote-unquote custom call builders, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And – you, the minute I said that, you know, and I was I was talking about a couple of 
you know, these companies specifically, and you and I were speaking over the phone. And the first thing you asked me, you said, yeah, but do they, do they do this? And do they do, do they make this from the ground up? Or, or are they buying somebody else's insert and putting it in, you know, to a, a, a barrel that they create, you know? So kind of touch on that, if you don't mind, on the customer Man, side. That one, of my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves, and like I said, I am a call snob. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it, but I like what I like, and, and I'm willing to pay for what I like. And I know there's people out there that can't, and, and I'm not saying that these calls are bad, but no, I don't but there's like a it. group of calls that we discussed for the general public. Now yes. we talking. Now we talking custom made calls for the experienced hunter, and that's what we're focusing on here, guys. I, I don't like it when somebody starts up a company and says custom made calls right here, and it's a barrel that they put an echo insert in. Your sound so, does not come from the barrel. Very, not very much of your sound comes from the barrel. It, it comes from the insert, the whole, your exhaust hole size, your tone bore, and your reeds. And I can't. I, I just think it's. I think it's a crock of shit. And says made call here. But they're jacking somebody else's insert, and so I, I pay attention to that stuff a lot. And if you if you pay attention to it, a lot of people use Echo Poly inserts. Okay, so explain that to the listeners how that works exactly. There, Echo makes duck calls, obviously they, under their own brand name, but they also make inserts that they will turn around for material and sell to Joe Blow out on the street who wants to make his own duck call, correct? Yes. Well, Mr. Rick. Like if, like if I wanted to make a duck call, just a duck call for myself, I could go to Echo's website, buy the buy that material, and make my own barrel for it and, and stick that insert into that barrel, and I got myself a duck call. Correct. Correct. 100% correct. Um, Rick Dunn. Um, man, he capitalized on something. He noticed that he started in a garage and he made himself a duck call. And he started hunting with people. They said, man, I, I like that call. He'd take it off his lanyard and hand him to him, go make himself another one. And that's how he got started, just making his buddies calls. That's and, genius. Then, and then after he started mass producing them and selling them, he would sell just the insert and the reed kit and all that. And people would turn their own barrels, stick that in it and say, here, I got a custom call. I built it myself. Yeah. But you look at somebody like Butch Rickenbach, rest, God rest his soul. One of the best callers I've ever known. And art with R and T. He designed the original, uh, it's called the R&T original. He designed that himself. He, There's no telling how many inserts he jacked up or screwed up and threw them away before he had the insert the way he wanted it. 
and you you go now and you look on Instagram, go follow guys, go follow John Stevens duck calls. He makes some of the prettiest calls I've ever seen, and he's getting back. He's a call. He's a call nerd too. He's getting back to the old style of calls and just the history that's there. He he's um bringing it back and showing you guys. They're all hand turned up calls. They're all. I mean, they're just gorgeous. Anyway, um, well, hey, to, those, to just to stop you for a second there. You mentioned him, and you threw a shout-out to him. There's also a couple other people I want to mention there, too, guys. If you are looking, like like we're talking about, there's another guy out there. Um, there's a, a company out of Mississippi called Raggio Custom Calls. And I'm yes. not sure if you ever heard of them, Robert. Or no, not. I follow oh. him on Instagram, man. He makes a gorgeous call. Josh Raggio out of Mississippi. This guy, if you, if you read his story and you go to his – go check them out, um, pretty interesting, man. This guy was a was a had a, a great job, full time job with a Caterpillar. I think the company was uh, heavy machinery. Had a really good paying job, man, and he got he got into where he was interested in making duck calls. And uh, fast forward, just to tell the short story, this guy ended up uh, quitting his job to make duck calls full time and and support his wife and family. And the stories just fascinated me, man, when I came across him. And uh, and he's somebody definitely to check out. Uh, and y'all hear me talk this. about I'm sorry? I can tell you this. I haven't bought one yet, but I am going to buy one of his calls. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very, very unique. It's hand-turned. It's everything done from the ground up. Uh, so that's one to check out. And then, guys, not just because they're a sponsor of ours, but uh, Patrick, Patrick over uh, uh, Patrick Erkfitz over at Beaver Creek Custom Calls. Uh, that's a reason we partnered with Beaver Creek Custom Calls. He's a guy I was following on Instagram and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Seen come across him on YouTube, and I started watching him, um, and just like the way he was, you know, he was making calls. And uh, we touched base with him and reached out to him after a while and said, hey, man, we, we would like to partner with you for the show and uh, like to get our hands on some of these calls and, and start using them because we like them, man. We like the way they sound. And uh, and he's the same way. He's making them from the ground up. Now, he's he's a lot younger than some of these other guys we're talking about. He's an up-and-coming guy. I would say definitely look out for. Uh, but you can check them out online as well at uh, Beaver Creek gamecalls.com and he does duck deer turkey a uh, little bit of everything man. and he, he does it all by hand everything's built here in the usa and patrick is just an awesome guy that we are glad to call a good friend of ours now and a sponsor on our show so check those those guys out for sure because that's three uh right there that we can mention that that we would hate for you guys to miss out on well and we need to I want to say something about Louisiana's uh, guys. Also, uh, at the Riceland Custom Calls, man, they make they make the best spec call I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, they are. They're phenomenal. Riceland does make a very good call, and I'm not I'm not a huge goose hunter. You know a lot more about that than I do, Robert. But uh, but I can tell you, I've heard people blow, and uh, and man, there's not a guy I've ever heard had a negative comment about them. 
yeah, they they make two different. They make a half inch hole and a three eighths hole, and uh, and when I say that's the exhaust port hole, um, that they're cause they have a entry level, and then they have a more expensive all acrylic call, and if you guys want to learn, if y'all start wanting to learn how to blow a spec call, I'll say this: Haydale makes a good spec call to learn with, but so does Riceland. Yeah, and we and honestly, we got some really great companies down here in Louisiana that make some some good calls. Um, but like we're talking about, that was the point of this episode is for us to decipher and kind of point out the differences between what you can buy, you know, in your everyday sporting goods store versus what's available out to out there to us as waterfowl hunters, maybe on the more serious or not. I don't want to say serious, but the more customized side, um, a little bit more personal touch goes into these call, you know, some of these other guys calls. Um, and, and that's, that's really what it boils down to, but you got to find what works best for you. Like we talked about and whatever works for you is what you stick with. That's what we recommend, you know, now, Robert, just, I, I know we're here in the final minutes of this episode, but you know, we talked a lot about different calls and this and that. So different types of calls, you know, as many as that's on the market right now, what, what, what you take, I'm going to kind of ask you, what you take like on things such as like wood duck calls? What, 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 what do you feel? How do you feel about a wood duck call? For those of the guys listening out there who may be thinking about purchasing a wood duck call or something. I'm, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. Duck Commander makes the best wood duck call I've ever heard. I agree. I, th- I think they make one of the best. But they're different in the way that they make their wood duck calls versus their duck calls. They're, they're mallard calls and they use they use a small uh, a small reed with a with a wedge can can a wood duck be called in in your opinion because that, that's no. a, before you answer that's a lot of that's a lot <laughs> of things a lot of, a lot of people have opinions on that and I'm gonna tell you mine they in do. a second they do what, I, what is Robert Rogers opinion on can you call a wood duck in I'm I've watched hours and hours and hours of footage on duck commander calling wood ducks in and they're good, man. They, they know what they're doing and they call them in. I have never had luck blowing a wood duck call at a wood duck and him working like a mallard. I agree with you. And I'm I'm laughing because I'm going to tell you what Jacob Jacob figured out. Jacob figured out after watching it happen that a wood duck can be called in on a wood duck call. But what Jacob learned more importantly is that Jacob did not know how to blow a wood duck call correctly. <laughs> well, you go you go watch YouTube videos of Phil Robertson blowing a wood duck call. He don't blow it like we blow it. No. We blow it no, just, we, we just we, we just blow it and it goes. Beep, beep, beep. We blowing it. They wrong do. What we doing? If you ever hear a wood duck and they doing that, we we we, they that's a wood duck flying away. Yeah, a wood duck sitting on the water is a completely different sound. And those of you who who hunt timber, you know that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I mean, we all grow up kind of calling that traditional we 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 type call. And, and let me tell you guys, it's, I'm 41 years old, and I probably really learned this in the last two years. So when you think you know everything, there is to know you don't. 
But that is the complete opposite of what we want to be calling. That's that's their way of alerting. That's their I'm getting the hell out of Dodge call. Just like a mallard, just like a mallard when you're calling at mallards and you and and that that hen goes to that's a get out of get the hell out of Dodge. Get the hell out of Dodge. So I mean, right? Yeah, but I mean, you, right, listen so- to, you listen to Phil call up, and he throws a a weird kind of bark in there, and it's. Yeah, yeah. Troy, Troy that hunts with us. You know Troy real well. Troy is the one who actually made me realize that hey, I could call these sons of bitches in, even yeah. when they're pressured. <laughs> I could get one or two to come in because he learned and figured out and kept it to himself that hey, you dumbasses are calling them wrong all this time. I know how to call this thing in. Yeah, he does. They do something. Duck Commander and them. They do something with a with a wood duck call. I hadn't figured out how to do, and it's they flutter it, and it's. I I, yeah. I have no idea. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a Spitfire, a couple of Spitfire questions with you. Uh, best Gadwall call on the market that you've used. I just use a regular duck call, and I just I just blow into it. And get the reed to vibrate. That's all I do. I'm I'm gonna have to vote Duck Commander on that one that I've used so far. Yeah, I don't that, that, I don't have that a long gift. Duck Commander whistle call, gadwall call. In my opinion, has yeah. been the most realistic I've seen. Yeah, I just I just blow into a regular mallard call and just just get blah, blah, nah, nah, nah. okay. Um, pintail, best pintail call on the market that you know of. Uh, Primos makes a really good specific pintail whistle. Yep, I'm in agreement 100%. I think a lot of us are. Uh, that that pintail high roller that Primos makes, guys, is the easiest pintail call I've ever seen a blow. And if oh. you're not familiar with it, it's it's green. It's in almost every retail st- store you go into. It's called a Primos high roller is what it is. And they have the a pintail. unique pattern on that call that's just that's so easy to blow for pintail. Yeah. The um another good starter call is the Primos winch. Yeah, that's been around a while too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, man, I think we covered a lot tonight with all with calls as far as that goes. You have any other comments you want to make on anything? Uh I mean, just if you if you're interested in a call. Go to a sporting goods and say, I want to blow this call. And you don't have to be good. Don't be scared about other people hearing you. It don't matter what other people think as long as you like it. And because, yeah. I mean, I go to Max Prairie Wings all the time. And if there's a new call out and I'm thinking I want to buy it, I want to blow it first. Because the way that I blow a duck call is different than the way you probably blow a duck call. So, if I don't like it, that don't mean you ain't going to like it. That's right. And and look, if you are starting out and you you don't have that confidence, you know, don't just don't go drop 70 bucks on a, on a duck call like we all did starting out when you don't know how it sounds or, or you know, how, how it even is going to blow. If you don't feel confident in the store and you have a buddy with you who's experienced, get him to blow it. At least you have an idea of the sound of it or what it produces. That's right, you know? yeah. And uh, yep. that that's a tip I would say, you know, if you're a young guy that's looking to make a, uh, you know, a, a 
duck call purchase on something that you want to invest a little bit of money in. You know, I think that'd be a good idea probably. That's right. But, um, well, Robert, look, man, I appreciate you hopping on with us again this week, man. You're becoming a show regular, and I know the guys really are enjoying it. Uh, we're going to give a shout-out to to Troy, our buddy Troy, and the guys over at uh, at Halliburton, man. You guys have been listening to the show. Uh, we heard the night crew's been listening to us, and we, we really appreciate that. Uh, they love having you on, Robert, and they enjoy me and you uh, together talking duck hunt, man, so – I just want you to know that, that uh, there's a lot of people that have given us some good feedback. Uh, you know, guys, y'all can visit us on social media. A lot of you already do it. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit of stuff on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We have a lot of videos up. We got a lot more planned as we head into uh, big duck season coming up. So we're looking forward. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Uh, I know a lot's been going on lately with all the hurricanes like we discussed. So we didn't have a show last week. We got kind of tied up with some of that stuff. and uh, But we're trying to do it on a weekly basis to to, uh, to keep you guys informed on what's going on and just have a good time and, and get away and get some stress relief. But, uh, you know, it would not be possible, guys, and I have to mention it again without our great sponsors for the show, uh, Anchor.fm. Guys, if it wouldn't be for Anchor.fm, we would not have a show available uh to stream out there without anchor.fm last stop waterfowl outdoors podcast would not be possible that that platform is the one who gets it out to apple you know pod, apple play store and uh, if you're listening on spotify you can listen on anchor itself or all your favorite platforms that you listen to our podcast on that is all made possible by anchor.fm they are the easiest way to make a podcast with their software, and it's an all-in-one platform where you can create and distribute your podcast, and they do everything for you guys. So we, we, we really, really appreciate them. And, you know, we talked about this topic on this show was talking about duck calls. Uh, I mentioned Patrick over at Beaver Creek Game Calls. Guys, when I tell you, check them out. Phenomenal guy. He's a, he's a family-oriented uh gentleman he's a he's a young guy he's a father a husband and just a great all-around guy and he is producing some phenomenal duck calls not only duck calls though if you're not into duck hunting it's okay um he does deer and turkey custom calls guys and everything is 100 made by him and made in the usa um so check those guys out check patrick out at beavercreekgamecalls.com also, visit them on Facebook, Instagram. Give them a, a like. Check them out on YouTube. Give them a subscribe. I promise you he, he will be really appreciative of it. And he will make and customize a duck call or game call for you that meets your needs. And he can put your initials on it. I got a couple that I'm waiting on right now to come in. And I, I, I'm, they shipped out yesterday. And, guys, as soon as I get them, I'm going to let you know what I think. But he did a little customization on them for me. So, Thank you to Patrick for that. But without without them, uh, you know, Beaver Creek Game Calls or without Anchor.fm, the show would not be possible, guys. So we have to give our uh, our respect and our, our due diligence where it's deserved there. So, But, guys, for Robert and for Jacob, this is Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast, weekly podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to this week's show. 
If you like this week's episode, we ask that you tell your buddies about it and share it with your friends and your hunting buddies. But until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good evening.